Good morning, New Beginnings family. Why don't we stand this morning as we prepare our hearts for worship? Yeah. Welcome the Spirit of the Living God into this place. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. We lift up your name in worship this morning, Heavenly Father, and we declare.
sing that today. Come on, let's sing it. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is free and one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name. It's the powerful name of Jesus. That we declare, Lord, over our land, over our families, over our health, over our situation. Lord, as we walk into this place, Lord, today, we say, Jesus, we lean into you. We are leaning into you today, Lord, because only you are worthy of our praise, Lord, only you are worthy of our surrender, of our adoration, everything. You're worthy of it all. That's why we call you Jesus. Let's sing this. Rumors of the Son of Man Stories of a Savior Holiness with human hands Treasure for You 
who you are to me, Jesus. You're my all, my maker, my rent, my safe, my rent, my hiding place. You're my helper, my healer, my blessed redeemer, my answer, my saving grace. You're my hope in the shadows, my strength in the
bring those that are in here, Lord, Jehovah, Shalom, your peace. Jehovah Rapha, we call on you, Lord, to bring your healing to those that are coming here, Lord, sick and need your healing touch. You know every person represented in this place, Lord, who need your healing touch, Lord. And Lord, Jehovah Jireh, Lord, that you would provide for us, Lord. You know every need in this room and those represented, Lord. But Lord, that's why we come into this place, Lord, to sing, Lord, you are worthy. You are my helper, my healer, my anchor for all my days. You stand by my side and you stood in my place. Jesus, no other name. And we come before you this morning, Lord, to thank you, Lord, that we get to come into this space, Lord, that we call New Beginnings Church with our brethren and our sisters, Lord, our brothers and our sisters, Lord, together to worship you in one voice, Lord. Why would a beautiful choir we have this morning, Lord, to sing your praises, Lord. We thank you for this time, Lord. And so, Lord, as you prepare our hearts this morning, Heavenly Father, for your word, thank you for this time of worship, Lord, and for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord, and for that we give you thanks and glory and the honor that you're due, Heavenly Father. We pray all of these things, Lord, in your mighty, 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 worthy of it all name, Jesus. And his church says, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, church, why don't we take a moment to greet one another as we finish up with worship this morning? Morning, David. How you doing, bro? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I woke up at 4 a.m. sharp today. No, I'm just saying something. <laughs> All right. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. I hope you guys introduce yourself to a new face today. I'm certainly feeling good about myself. How about you, David? I'm doing pretty fantastic. You know, I had I had a cup of coffee this morning before first service, you know? Wow. Yeah, and so, like, the first service got to see the fact that I actually have a personality before yeah. 1 p.m., and so you guys get to see also that I have a personality before 1 p.m. in the afternoon. So I'm doing pretty great. How are you guys? Doing great? Oh, man. His personality is probably as dark as the coffee that he drinks. So <laughs> that'll tell you a lot about himself. All right. But anyways, church, my name is David Sanchez. I am the youth director here at New Beginnings Church. Yeah, my name is Chris Camaraza. I'm a, a youth leader. Uh, I always call myself his assistant, though. <laughs> but, you know, little laughs here and there, but it's fine. Hey, before we get started with Pastor Richard's sermon today, we got a couple of announcements for you guys today. It's kind of a big day here at New Beginnings because today is Baptism Baptism Sunday. Sunday. Oh, yes. I am so excited, church. You know, baptism is such a beautiful, beautiful moment where we we get to see new believers get baptized. And they, you know, when we go underwater and come back up, that's symbolic of the gospel in and of itself and how we've died to our old selves. We've been resurrected uh, through the power of Christ or through the power of me pulling you back up because I go to the gym sometimes. Um, so same thing, really. No, I'm just joking. But it's a beautiful, beautiful experience. And uh, if you are getting baptized today, we have a class that we'd like for you to attend just so that way you know some of the do's and don'ts and the actual spiritual aspect of what you're doing. Uh, and it's going to be in room. Is that 102 or 103? The one, 103? 
right through these doors immediately after uh, announcements. You can go ahead and head that way. Is anyone in here getting baptized this morning? Yeah, a few of you. Yes, sir. We are so excited for you uh, because part of baptism is you're baptized into the body of believers. This here, this entire room, this is your family. This is your family, and I'm so excited about that. So after, you can follow me and Chris out this way, and we'll show you where you need to go. If you are sitting here thinking, hey, I want to get baptized. I didn't sign up. That's okay. We're all Hispanic. We all do things last minute. It's fine. Um, so you can still, uh, if you've not signed up, but you still want to get baptized, you can follow us out also. We can get you a, a big old robe that you can uh, that you can wear. You look like, a, like you're in a Southern Baptist church singing in the choir. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Um, so that is happening today. What else is happening today, Chris? Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, we're going to have Meet the Pastors in room 106. Um, for, for a second there, because uh, I remember talking to Pastor Cindy about it. She was saying, oh, yeah, there's going to be, it's going to be a Meet the Pastor event. There's going to be pizza. And, blah. and I heard Meet the Pizza with, with the pastor. Like I was, Because I got, the pizza is the main event, actually. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, that's, that's, I guess we can interchange that a bit. But, um, yeah, uh, if you've, ne- if, if you guys have never had the opportunity to say hello, uh, this is going to be your opportunity right now. Um, I'll probably just show up just to say hi to Pastor Richard anyways. <laughs> but um, we're going to be having that. Um, actually, next Sunday. Um, that's what it says? Yes. yes. Oh, is that next Sunday? No, it's this Sunday, yes. It's this Sunday. That, that okay. must have been copy and paste from last week. No, it, that is this Sunday. So immediately after baptisms, room 106, you can be there. But also, we've got Christian education class signups going on right now. Every time I see that big old tent, I'm like, are we, are we a school? This is so cool, you Lobos, know? Lobos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if you are new to the faith, or maybe you've just been coming for a while, and you're realizing that you need to deepen your understanding, Christian education classes are the place for you. It is a fantastic experience. We have John Price or Dave Gonzalez. We've got Marcella. We've got Anthony and Vivian Grego, some brilliant, brilliant minds who are committed to not only teaching you, but helping you to build a community where you can meet people who are at the same spot as you, and you can spur each other forward as you run the race to finish all for the glory of God. And so if you want to sign up for these classes, get some more info, feel free to drop by immediately after service uh, or after baptisms because uh, it's all going to be happening at once. We're, we're kind of a cool. We're kind of a cool place to be on Sunday morning. Just saying, um, <laughs> but we've got that going on. So immediately after service, uh, we have that. And what else do we have going on today? Well, I actually wanted to touch on what you oh, said. Yeah? Um, that's going to be actually open up until May fourth. Yes. So if you think you have time, you really don't. Like you said, we're all Hispanic. It's not going to happen in time. <laughs> so we better get to it. Okay. So um, next up, we are actually. Um, going to be having youth camp, and we've been blurring it out all year, but we're going to be having youth camp. It's going to be from June 20th to the 24th, um, right smack in the middle of summer. Mm -hmm. Man, uh, I'm I'm really excited for the kids, man. I'm really excited for the kids. I can't wait to push yeah, them in absolutely. like a, a pool or something, you know, oh, like yes. mud or something, you know. Uh, they no, can't blame me there. No youth are harmed during the making of the camp, by the way, just our disclaimer. Yes. Um, but uh, I'll be out in the mall after baptisms and after, after everything. I'll be out there with a the table. If not me, we'll have Chris or somebody there that can answer your questions about camp. If money is an issue, we want to do everything in our power to make sure it's not an issue. Big time. And it all starts with having that conversation, right? And so we'll be out in the mall answering questions about camp. It is a wonderful, wonderful experience for anyone finishing third grade all the way up to our high school graduates from this year. They are all invited. So if that's you maybe in here uh, this morning or that's someone in your family, please, please come grab a pamphlet. Come ask us questions. Take our picture of a little sign. I I worked really hard on it. Um, So... (laughs) 
uh, please stop by and we'll answer whatever questions you got. I made the sign. Oh, wait, the sign that's standing yeah, up. Yeah, I, right? I, I made the one big that I drew. one. Come yeah. on. Okay. I'll take my credit, bro. Yeah. And again, guys, uh, if you guys need to check out candy for your kids, um, you'll be able to do that as well. Um, I think they get a return of how many? $27. $27. Towards their towards account. Their yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and other than that, church, we want to give you another big thanks for just your continuous giving, your faithfulness, and your tithes and offerings, church. We got our tithing boxes in the back and over here at each exit, not to mention text to give. We've got NBCABQ.com forward slash give and our app also. So, church, thank you so much for continuing to be faithful uh, with your tithes and offerings because without that, none of this at all would be possible. So, that's all on you, right. church. Thank you so much for what you do. And now, church, I'm very excited because, I don't know, like, not every church has a pastor who preaches like our pastor does. I mean, every time Pastor Richard opens the Bible, like, there's an alarm that goes off in hell and all the demons are like, guys, he's preaching again. Like, so why don't we welcome our senior pastor, Pastor Richard Mansfield, to the stage this morning. Can I make a quick announcement, by the way? Um, also, if there's any youth uh, that um, are, are in this room, uh, go ahead. And, and parents, please go ahead and send them to uh, the youth room. We're going to be having a Bible study for you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, gentlemen. Anyone from 6th grade to 12th grade, go ahead and go on out. They have an awesome service right now uh, for all of you guys. And then every one of you that's going to be baptized today, Uh, I need you to exit through this door right here because uh, there's going to be a class for you guys right now. So those of you getting baptized, go on right through here, right right through that doorway right there. And uh, if you guys turn on the lights uh, so that they can read their Bibles. Thank you. We're celebrating with all you guys getting baptized. It's an exciting time. (laughs) Guys, I've been doing this sermon series called Family Stepping Stones, and I've been trying to give you literally principles, precepts from the word on how to really be walking the way you're supposed to be walking, to have a successful walk in Christ, to have a successful walk in your journey, to really be able to see where God has you and what he has for you. And we're really excited about that. And we're excited about what God has been doing. And today, I want to help us really be able to start establishing a really firm, firm faith, a firm foundation. I know some of you have been Christians a long time, but you still don't have a firm faith. We're being attacked left and right out in this world. And people are attacking your faith. We're sending our kids off to college and they convince them there is no God and they go in as Christians and they walk out as atheists or agnostic. In your workplace, you don't even know how to explain what you have, why you believe what you believe. It's so important to have a firm faith because there's constant challenge every place. The internet is a blessing and also a curse. People are attacking people on the internet. It's, it's crazy, some of the arguments. And yet in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 9, the very last sentence right there says, unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. 
God is expecting us to do what we have to do to have that firm faith. You've got to have faith and believe that he can even deliver. He can carry it. He can help you. He can empower you and he can get you through it. But we have to believe. We have to trust. We have to see and we have to do this. So I want to focus on four things. There's a whole lot of things that you need to do to get a strong, firm faith. But I want to focus on four things to establish a firm faith. And the first one is this. You have to understand clearly what it means to be a Christian. Really understand clearly. Everyone, I mean, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. And they live like the devil. Some people say, I'm a Christian. They live worse than unbelievers. And it's like, man, if you're a Christian, I sure don't want to be like you. We should be like Christ. We should be little Christ. That's what Christian means, that we're walking the way Christ walked. We're living the way Christ lived, that we are carrying this out to the glory of God. But yet we don't do those things, and we fall short, and we don't do it the way God wants us to. And he wants us so desperately to walk with him. People need to understand that being a Christian doesn't mean you belong to a certain political ideal or affiliation. Being a Christian does not mean I go to church faithfully. Being a Christian doesn't mean I I, I have membership at my church. Being a Christian is someone who has decided to follow Christ the rest of their life. That they are going to be followers of Christ. They're going to do it for the glory of God. They're going to live it out. We've got to understand that. In the book of Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus called out to them. He said, come to me and I will show you how to fish for people. I'll make you fishers of men. I want you to understand how to do it. I want you to understand how to live it out. I want you to understand what it looks like that you truly are a Christian, a follower of Christ. A Christian is someone who decides that he's going to live differently from the world. Look, if you came to Jesus, but you're still doing the things that were wicked and crazy before you came to Jesus, you better question if your salvation is even real. Are you even genuine? Are you even walking right with Christ? Are you doing it the way he wants you to do it? Because there's something about people, man, they're, they're just, people are fake anymore. Haven't you noticed that? It's like, man, I'm not just talking Christian. I'm just talking people. They label, it, they label all kinds of things fake. There's fake news, there's fake politics, there's fake people. Man, you go to the store, this is real sugar. Well, it's the other stuff. Man, it's like, you don't even know anymore. He says you're going to live different. You're going to live by a different pattern. He says you, you, you don't copy the pattern of the world. In, in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says there, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. In another version, it says the pattern of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing what? The way you think. 
because we think some crazy stuff. Even as a Christian, sometimes we kind of go short circuit and think weird. Let's be honest. He says that he wants to change the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So God is saying, I really want you to understand, don't live the way the world lives. Live by a different walk. Live by a different plan. Live by a different pattern. When I saw that word pattern, it shot me back to being a little kid because my mom was a seamstress. My mom, I mean, when you got five kids and you only have my dad working, man, she used to make our clothes. And I remember going to the store with her and, and we'd be at JCPenney and, and there was an area where they sold a fabric and they had these big old catalogs. And she would look through it and she'd go, ooh, I'm gonna make that dress for my oldest daughter, Edna, and this dress for Brenda, and this dress for Sandy, and this shirt for Tony, and this shirt for Robert. I'm Tony. And, and you're going, wasn't she going to make you a shirt? Yeah, my name. they called me Tony at the house. And, 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 and she'd make ties for my dad. And, and, and I remember she, my, my sister, they go look through, and they go, Mom, make me this dress. And so she would get... Look, the, look up the number, and then she'd go to the drawer. They'd get the pattern. Those of you that sew, you know what I'm talking about. And then they'd get the material, and then they had this paper, real fine, thin paper, and, and it had like blueprint of the dress, and they would pin on the pattern of the, of the, the material, and then they would cut. They wouldn't lose, stay in the line. If you want it to look like it's supposed to look, if you want to look like Jesus, follow the pattern. And she would make these beautiful dresses, follow the pattern. But we get out of the pattern, we don't want to use a pattern. It reminds me of my wife when she was, my, my son was about eight years old and, and he was going to be in a school production. He was going to be an angel. And he goes, Mom, I, I need you to make me an angel outfit. And Cindy goes, that shouldn't be too hard. And I'm going, yeah, for people that know how to sew. <laughs> and there's a good old Cindy over here. And she, she, she got a sheet. And she put it on the, on the carpet in the living room. And she goes, lay down, mijo. And he, <laughs> he laid down like that. <laughs> and she cut all around. But she didn't know how to sew. She didn't know you can't just go like that. She didn't leave enough room for the button under the armpit. And, and so she, then she sold it all together and he put it on and all he couldn't get his arms through. So he got his arms up to here and so he was going like that and the, the, the sleeves were flapping. I go, Mina, he's an angel that doesn't fly yet. <laughs> I told Cindy, okay, Cindy, I love you, baby. But look, let me show you how to do this. So we didn't have a pattern, but I knew you had to add the extra. And, 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 and that, there's a way to follow Jesus. And we're not doing it. We're trying to do it on our own. We're trying to adjust it the way, let me, and alter it. And let me, no, let me tell you something. Jesus set the mark. And he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of people. 
You and I are, are, are supposed to do it God's way. We're supposed to be genuine. We're supposed to be real. God wants us to be genuine. There's so many fakes today. There's people that are wishy-washy. They've got one foot in, one foot out. I'm telling you, the foot in the hell is going to take you there. You've got to cross over completely. You can't be halfway. Jesus, look, this is what the Lord says in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. He says right there, I know all the things that you do, <coughs> that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, because at least I know you're a follower or you're not. But since you were like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That word spit right there is literally translated vomit. In other words, it's sickening. You're you're fake. You're lukewarm. You're not literally following the Lord the way I intended you to. Quit half-stepping. Quit half-stepping. It's an all-or-nothing thing. We've got to keep strong. When you start slipping, the Holy Spirit conviction says, hey, you know you're cheating here. Step up. Step up. Step up. We're supposed to do it God's way. We're supposed to see God work in our life and be real and be genuine. St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel and use words if you must. In other words, it's the way we live. It's how we represent Christ. We're ambassadors. We're ambassadors. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he says right there, so you are, or verse 20 rather, I'm sorry. It says, so you are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Thank you, sir. My voice, I, I fought pneumonia all week and I'm, I'm finally on the upside, but <coughs> my voice isn't back yet. And I preached the first service and made it through. Oh, <coughs> man. <coughs> you put tequila in that or what? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's vodka. No, no, no. <coughs> I don't drink, okay? I don't drink. Some of you are like, what? Oh, my gosh. No wonder he's so weird. We represent Jesus. We represent Jesus. We're ambassadors. Look, if you've ever been in a foreign country, every foreign country has a United States embassy. And if you ever get in trouble, run to the embassy. Because an embassy, literally that ground, that building is literally U.S. soil. And they have U.S. Marines there protecting it and guarding it. And they raise an American flag in a separate country because that embassy represents U.S. territory. 
and they represent, and that ambassador, the ambassador represents the United States of America. He represents our president, but more than that, he represents the Constitution of the United States of America. And he lives it out. So every day <coughs> at sunrise, they raise the flag. And at sunset, they take it down, the American flag. And they literally represent what our country is all about. So people from that country, when they look in, they go, wow, those are Americans. And that's the land of the free. And you and I represent Jesus Christ. So when they see our life, they're supposed to be able to go, wow, those people are loving and caring and generous and kind and pray and love and love me so much, they tell me about Jesus Christ because they want me to go to heaven and not to hell. And these people represent Christ well. We need to represent Christ well. Some of us aren't meeting the need like we should. Some of us aren't right where we are, ought to be. We're half-stepping it. And man, you're going to lead people to heaven and you're going to also lead people to hell. And you have the power to lead them to heaven to have a transformed life, but you've got to quit half-stepping. There's people that are, that, that they, they almost become obnoxious. They, they want to prove they're Christian. They don't know how to just talk a normal life. So you show up for work and they go, hey, how you doing? I'm blessed by the best praise of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb. I'm, it's like, oh my gosh, just say I'm doing good. Thank you, Jesus. So how's your day at work going? Oh man, the devil's been attacking me left and right, everything. Man, but you know what? I wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against every power of principality and the high places. Oh my gosh, can't you have a normal conversation? I think even Jesus goes, okay, lighten up a little bit. (laughs) Jesus said, we're the salt of the earth. I don't know about you, but if you've ever put too much salt on your food, it doesn't taste very good anymore. But if you put just the right amount, you're like, oh yeah, man, can I have some more? Salt people's life. Be clear with what it is to be a Christian. Show love. John 15, verse 18 and 19 says, if the world hates you, remember, it hated me first. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? (laughs) These electronic devices... They're saying, quit pushing the buttons. I'm good at pushing buttons. Ask my wife and children. But hear me. He says, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But he goes, but guess what? He goes, but you're no longer part of the world. He says, I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. Do you understand that being a Christian, you might end up losing friends? Your husband might start going, oh my God, there you go to church again, church again, church again. Who'd you meet over there? Jesus. 
Who's this vato Jesus? I better have a talk to him. No, no. I met Jesus the Savior. I met Jesus the Redeemer. I met a man that transformed my life. Oh, there you go to church again. Why are you always going to church again? And your wife is nagging and nagging and nagging and nagging. And you go, because I have Jesus. I can't be without him. And your high school kids and your young people say, Mom, please, Mom, Dad, please, be to church, please. We have an amazing youth and children's department. I'm telling you, they're amazing. Our granddaughter comes home every week, shows us something new that they learned. And she was there the other day like this. Jesus loves me. And I'm like, oh my God, I love you. And she goes, Jesus loves you. I go, oh. And then she said to an adult the other day, I'm praying for you because you don't even like to go to church and you don't even talk like you love God. And I don't want you to go to hell. She's five years old. She's learning what it is. Let's learn what it is. I better not park here too long. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Second thing I want to say is realize that you're in a battle for your faith. It's a battle out there. Every day you confront the gates of hell. Every day you walk right out of your house, right into hell. But the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail. It's not going to win. You've got the power in the name of Jesus to conquer. Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. You've got to believe that. But understand, you're going to be under attack. You might lose friends over it. Oh my gosh, ever since you got all holy roller, ever since you got all hallelujah, ever since you got became a Christian, oh, you don't even go out and get high with us anymore. And it's even legal. <laughs> you don't go out and get drunk and you don't party anymore. Now you're still so much fun, but hey, why don't you do all the other stuff? You might lose friendships. You might even lose your job or you might not get promoted. Oh, Miss Goody Two-Shoes over there. Mr. Goody Two-Shoe. And, and all you're doing is you're just living for Jesus. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. You're just trying to live it out. You've got to trust him. You've got to believe in him. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says right there, for you are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. He goes, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. It's a war out there. You've got to stand firm. It's a spiritual battle for life. I mean, there's trigger words nowadays. Man, on the internet, I see wars going on like but there's trigger words. You want to start a fight with people? Say, let's talk politics. Red or blue. It's not red or green, it's red or blue. Republican or Democrat. Oh my gosh, now it's a war. How about this word? 
Abortion. Oh, he had to bring it up, didn't he? Does half of you believe that nobody should ever have an abortion and the other half say, you know what, it's a choice. And you know what? It's out of control. Do you know that Maryland, the state of Maryland and the state of California just passed an afterbirth abortion? Yes, don't look it up now. Look it up after church. But that means a baby can be born and they'll bring it to you and you have a few days, not a few hours, a few days to decide if you want to keep it. And if not, you can abort a living baby. That's called murder. It's gotten out of control. And it's time that we have a voice. And we speak about life issues and about, about issues like our education. Do you know the crazy stuff they're introducing to education today? They're introducing craziness. Do you know that they won't allow, some school districts won't allow a pastor to go do for reading day. And they're going to hand them the book. (coughs) Or you can pick your own book, but it doesn't even have to be religious. So a pastor would say, I'm sorry, because you're a pastor, we have to separate church and state. But they could bring a transgender person that comes in that's dressed in drag and dressed with craziness, but they can read. There's things that are wrong. And we just say, well, that's the way the world is. No, it isn't. It's time that we speak up and fight for our faith. We have to take a stand. The families are under attack today. They're attacking families. Sons and daughters and fathers and mothers and, oh my gosh. It's crazy nowadays. We've got to be willing to take a stand for the gospel, for our morals, for our convictions. And the ones that are taking a stand, they're not getting militant. They're not getting ugly, but they're speaking against it. Sometimes they're thrown out of a board meeting for education. Why? Because it's a battle. It's a battle. You better be able to know where you stand. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 and 12 says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things about you because you're my followers. He says, be happy. Be happy about it and be very glad for great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. And it's important that we we know what we stand for. In the book of Philippians chapter 1, verse 29 and 30, it says, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, Paul writes, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. You know that the Vatican came out with a report just a few months ago, and they said that 100,000 Christians 
100,000 followers of Christ that profess Jesus die of martyrdom every year. 100,000 are put to death because of their faith. Do you know that that comes out to every, every five minutes and 25 seconds, someone dies for Christ. Every five minutes and 25 seconds. That just grieves me. But they're standing firm. I will not denounce it. Paul said it in Romans 1. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the very power of God unto salvation. We have to be firm. Stephen was the first martyr. In Acts chapter 7, it talks about it. And you know what's really interesting? In the Bible, in the New Testament, when Jesus arose into heaven, it says that he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Do you know that in the entire Bible, it says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. The only time it says that he stood up, the only time that it says he stood up at the right hand of the Father was when Stephen was being stoned to death. And he had started preaching And they said, what is it you're talking about? And he's talking to the council and he's bringing them through this journey, uh, everything they believed and they were saying, amen, amen, amen. But when he finally said, and this Messiah that we've been waiting for has come, that is Jesus Christ. And they got so infuriated with him, they got him and they attacked him and they took him outside and started stoning him to death. And he looked up into heaven Scholars believe he was anesthetized, that he didn't feel the pain because he looked up into the glory and said that he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Jesus got up and stood up and was going, yeah, baby, you hang in there, Stephen. You're coming home. You're coming home. And Stephen said, don't hold this sin against them. And they were stoning him to death. He stood for what he believed. We have to stand for what we believe. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Oh, that we all cross the finish line, and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Next thing we need to do is we need to get properly trained. You know, throughout the Bible, he talks about in terms of military or athletes. Athletes and military are trained. When you're in boot camp, they put you through all kinds of exercise. Man, they make you hike hours and hours and miles and miles. And you got this backpack. Back in the day, it was only like 50 or 70 pounds. Now it's 100 pounds. And sometimes they're working on them all day long. And then they finally go to bed and they're sound asleep. And at 2 in the morning, they go and wake them up and go, come on, get it going. We're going on a 10-mile hike at 2 in the morning. It's like, are you crazy? It's 2 in the morning. The enemy doesn't say, ay, pobrecitos, they're sleeping. Let's not attack them right now. Let's wait till they get a full eight-hour sleep. So they train you for what might come your way. We need to understand that we're all busy. I know we are. 
But the reason we have classes out there is so that you could get trained better. We have one class that's the Bethel series. Stephen Alfaro teaches that. And, and it's a college-level course of Old Testament and New Testament survey. There's all kinds of classes you could go out there. Look, we're, we've been promoting this conference that's coming up next month. It's, it's called The Beautiful Gospel, and it's to train you so that you could really be able to live it out and live it out genuinely and share it in a way that you have knowledge. People are always wondering, how on earth did I get here? We did a whole series called How on Earth Did I Get Here? And we went through the book. People ask all the time, what am, why am I here? They also ask, why do we have such a wicked world? If God is so loving, why doesn't he stop wickedness? You know why? Because we're not robots. He made a perfect world. And Adam and Eve messed it up. And when they messed it up, they opened it up for all of us to get all messed up. We're born into a sinful world. We were born to a dysfunctional family. Adam and Eve were all jacked up. They blamed each other. Well, the man you gave me, no, the serpent, no. Well, even you, God, you shouldn't have given her to me. The son kills the other son. It's like, man, that family needed therapy. They needed Jesus. This world needs Jesus. Man, there's things we need to focus on, like core values. What are the core teachings of our faith? What are the things we really understand? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And he, he wants us to be equipped. Look what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound, wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will, they will reflect the truth or they will reject, they will reject the truth and chase after myths. Like what's wrong with us? We also not only need to know core values and core teachings, but we need to know apologetics. Apologetics isn't apologizing for the faith. It's, it's explaining the faith. And it's not defending it in the sense of a big old debate, but it's answering people's questions. You believe like that? Well, let me explain to you what the Bible says. Let me explain to you what the Bible teaches on that. It's not important what I believe, but it's what the Bible believes. You see, you're answering people's questions. You're intelligently defending the truth of Christian religion. That's what apologetics is. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. So be able to do that. We also need to teach critical thinking and question asking to really ask questions to help our children to have a platform, to have people to have a platform to ask questions. Oh, quit asking questions. Just do what I say. No, explain. Help them understand why we come to church. 
It's not just for free donuts and coffee. Are you with me? Say, you know why it's so important to me? Because it challenges my thinking. And if you might say, oh, pastor's stupid. I don't believe that. Well, then what do you believe? Do you even know what you believe? Do you even know what the word says? Ask questions at school, in in public, at at home to, to do that. The disciples always ask Jesus questions. And also, we need to teach how to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit speaks. In John 16, verse 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide guide you in all truth. And you will not speak on he will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. See, the Holy Spirit's going to say, no, don't do that. No, we need to learn. It's not about your conscious conscience. It's about the Holy Spirit speaking to you and guiding you into truth. And then the fourth thing we need to do and really need to adhere to is to live out our faith in love. There's a lot of mean people nowadays. Haven't you noticed that? And I'm talking Christians. Church against church. I don't go to your church. I go to our church, and our church is better than your church. Oh, my gosh. What's wrong with us? If we believe in Jesus Christ, that he suffered, died, and was buried, and on the third day rose again, we can have fellowship one with the other. We're not competing against each other. Our, Our enemy is the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Let's start living with love. Let's start caring with love. Let's start pouring ourselves out with love. Let's start believing this. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says right there, Dear dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So if you have some love issues, you've got some issues. And you better find out, God, where do I really stand? Because I hate those kind of people. All those people need to go back where they came from. Like, man, where does that kind of language come from? It's not what God says. We need to be genuine in our love. Look what it says in John chapter 13, verse 35. In John 13, 35, he says, you, your, your love for one another, hear this, he says, our love for one another will show the world that you are my disciples. So man, the world ought to go, God, what is it about you? you you're so different. I want to be like you. You have this genuine concern and compassion and love and care and generosity. And man, what is it? You know what? I, I follow Jesus and I'm trying to learn to be more and more like him. See, we need to have sacrificial love to put up with people with irregular personalities. You ever met people like that? Don't point them out. Don't point them out. Oh, my gosh. Man, 
around. Somebody, some wife just broke her husband's ribs talking about you. We need to be sacrificial with people that have attitudes. I demand my rights. You know what the Bible says? We don't even have rights. We've surrendered our rights. I'm not saying we don't have human rights, but but the Bible is saying, in other words, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, he says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. We just celebrated that last week. But you know what? We celebrate resurrection every day, don't we? So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. You know what? It's so important that we do it right. It's so important that we trust in the Lord. It's so important that we surrender to him. Some of you are so filled with bitterness and some of you don't even, aren't walking the walk. You don't even understand clearly what it means to be a Christian. And you say you are and you go come to church, but you just haven't surrendered and you haven't really settled that issue in your life. Man, you want to read what real love is? Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's only 13 verses. Read the whole thing. Because you know what he says right there? He says, you could do all these fancy things for God, but if you don't have love, you're nothing. Oh, how I pray that we really understand what clear clear understanding of our, of our walk is. That we understand we've walked into a battle. We understand that we need to really take a stand, stand for our faith, and stand with God and say, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it right. Trust Him no matter what. And if you've never trusted Him, if you've never surrendered to Him, I pray that today is your day. That you would say, Pastor, I... I I know I've heard the gospel, but I've, uh, I don't know if I was ready. And God, today God is just tugging at my heart. And I want to say yes. So if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, and you haven't never given him your heart, and you want to do that, raise your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor. Anyone here today? Anyone here today to say, I want to do that? Praise God. Praise God. Anyone else? Praise God. You know what? We want to celebrate with you. First service, about eight people gave their life to Jesus. And 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 I want you to know there's a lot of them getting baptized because they just gave their life to Jesus. So so I want you, if you raised your hand, I'm I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I want you to stand so we can pray with you. This is the greatest decision in your life. So we want to pray with you. Would all of you say this prayer? And especially those of you that are making this decision today, say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Today I realize I need a Savior. I need a Lord. And I want to do it your way and no longer mine. I give you my life. I give you my will. I give you my heart. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Praise the Lord. If you stood up, can you come up so I can give you a hug? Can I give you a hug? I just want to celebrate with you. This is such an exciting time. An exciting, exciting time. Praise God, young lady. I don't know what you might be dealing with. Maybe you've been wishy-washy with your walk. Maybe you've been lukewarm and you want to get it right today. But if you want prayer, make your way up. We still have time. Make your way up so we can pray with you. As we sing this song, we want to celebrate. So boss, are you here today? Make your way up here. I want to pray for you. This is a minister in training. This is Tomas Maez. And uh, he's going to have hip replacement tomorrow. So yeah, they're going, oh. (laughs) Tomas, we anoint you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And God, we thank you because by your stripes we're healed. We thank you because, Lord, you have redeemed us. Tomas is your servant, your son, your child. Father God, I pray complete healing over his body from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. Father, I pray that you guide the surgeon tomorrow. I pray that it's a successful surgery. I pray for speedy and full recovery. And I pray, Father God, he's just going to come back dancing like David danced. Thank you, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Love you, man. Worship him. Worship him. Prayer team, where are you? Get over here, prayer team. Get over here and pray with some people. Stand with them in agreement that God is going to do a work. Sing it out. Whatever you're dealing with right now, give it to God. Holiness with human hands. Treasure for the traitor. Ears heard, no eye has seen the image of the Father until heaven came to live with me. Rescue like no other. Yes, you are worthy. You
don't know what you might be facing, but Jesus is facing it with you. You're not alone. So, Father, thank you for what you're doing and what you've done. We surrender all of these issues into your hands and pray for your blessing and peace and strength. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Listen, we have... We have baptism service right now. If you've never been baptized or if you have, but you walked way off gutter and you want to rededicate your life, you might want to do that today. We have some robes and some stuff we could get you into if you didn't bring. We have towels and everything you need. But I encourage you right now, I hope you'll join us right in the lobby, right in the mall for this great time of baptism. And immediately after, we're going to be in 106 for those of you that have never taken time to meet the pastor so you can get to know us all. God bless you.